drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment and I might get you know my head kicked in in the beginning but I'll find a way to survive I'll find a way to get the job done yeah there's a little doubt but you know what once again I think of that guy in my ear I think about stepping up to the stage I think about the challenge like I've lost sometimes but I've won more than I've lost and so like I bet on me any day Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo. A desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey everybody, welcome to Conquering Columbus. On this episode, we have good friends Kyle Snyder and Travel Delognev. I'm going to kick it over to my co-host, Mike Minucci, let him give you guys some background on Travel and Kyle. Hey there, Conquerors. For those of you who don't know Travel and Kyle, uh, they're both going to be representing the United States at the Olympics in Rio de Janeiro this summer for the wrestling team. And Travel was a two-time Division II national champ for the University of Nebraska Kearney, and he helped lead his team to its first ever national title while he was there. He's been an eight-time world team member, and he placed third at the world championship twice. In 2012, he took fifth in the Olympic Games. And on top of all that, he's a husband and father to two boys, and he trains right here at the Ohio RTC in Columbus. Kyle got to Ohio State in 2014, where he made the finals as a true freshman and lost a heartbreaking match to Kevin Gadsden. After that, he's never looked back as he went on to become the youngest world champion in United States wrestling history. And at 20 years old, will be competing for the United States at the Olympics as well. This past season, Kyle won his first NCAA title, wrestling heavyweight for the Buckeyes while only weighing around, what was it, 230, Kyle? 225. 225. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're really excited to have him on the show. And Kyle is also actually Ohio State's 2016 Male Athlete of the Year and is now eligible for the Jesse Owens Big Ten Athlete of the Year. Welcome to Conquering Columbus, guys. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Yep, thank you guys. How's your guys' day going? Good? Yeah, just the regular day for me. Woken up by two little monsters jumping <laughs> on my head. <laughs> and then got poked full of some needles today. And I had some acupuncture done. <laughs> so, What about you, Kyle? How's your day been? Day's been good. Just wrestled a little bit earlier this morning with the campers at Ohio State. And uh, just got some bagels. And now on this podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. So kind of we can just kick it off from the beginning and jump into a little bit one at a time on uh, what drew you guys to wrestling, and maybe Travel talk to us a little bit about your family and coming to the United States from Bulgaria and what that process was like. And all yeah, that stuff. Um, well, I I don't I was very young when that was happening. So, and my dad, to be honest with you, like was like by the time I was asking those questions was was a little bit crazy. So like I never knew what to believe. He would always like tell me these crazy stories. So I'm like, I still don't know exactly how uh, we got like all the paperwork and stuff. But I do remember when I was about four years old, boarding a train was kind of like my first memory. Maybe I was like three. My first memory is like boarding the train to go to Austria from Bulgaria. And then we spent a year in Austria at a refugee camp. And then that's when we kind of like got our our paperwork to come over. And then uh, right when we got here, my dad joined the army, um, jumped around from fort to fort for a while. We landed in Texas and... Didn't do a lot. Of, didn't do any sports growing up. Um, you know, I was a big kid, so football was always. Everyone would ask me like, "Why didn't you play football?" But we're a Bulgarian family, so American football was kind of a joke. They're like, "That's not a sport. You can't play that." So they're a big soccer family. So 
I uh, didn't do any sports until my sophomore year I started wrestling. And the reason I started was I, I wanted to lose weight. I was kind of chunky, and I saw the wrestlers, like, working real hard. Like it's cultivating peak. mass yeah. is what it's called. Oh, okay. Cultivating mass. Yeah, well, at that time, I was all mass, no. <laughs> you had a lot of cultivating at that point. I was all potential energy. I had, I had none of it kind of <laughs> going anywhere. Um, so <clears throat> I started, yeah, I joined the team. Uh, the PE coach was like, told the wrestling coach, like, yeah, I got this kid that's kind of said he wanted to join the team. So I went out and just started grinding right away. So I was like, I got on this extreme diet. I went to every workout. Um, didn't do any wrestling that first year because I was failing some classes. But I wasn't very motivated by the actual sport. I was just like, I'm going to just get jacked. So I was just like... <laughs> I was just like, every workout. And I remember that summer, my, my, my coach wanted to take me around to all these tournaments. And I remember being so mad, like, Man, I'm going to miss all these workouts. Going to these tournaments, I'm so ticked. But uh, <laughs> I ended up obviously falling in love with the sport, and so that's kind of how, how I started. How am I supposed to gain mass if I'm out wrestling all the time? What's the point? Yeah, sometimes they just don't get it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> So Kyle, kind of jump into your story and how you got started, and were you just, did you cultivate a lot of mass before you got started, or were you? Um, when I was younger, I started wrestling when I was like four or five years old, so I've been wrestling for a long time, and my parents played football when I was that young, and uh, some of my dad's friends' sons were wrestlers, and I was a pretty aggressive kid, they said, so they just decided that they put me in wrestling too and then ever since then I've done it but I was a normal sized kid for a while and then in sixth grade I was about 100 pounds and I started lifting that summer and then I got up to like 150 in seventh grade and then from 150 in seventh grade to eighth grade I went from 150 to about like 210. It's <laughs> a normal, yeah. normal weight transition there, huh? So, yeah, he was cultivating yeah. So you gained a Josh Witt, an entire Josh Witt in middle school. That's yeah. good. I don't know how it happened. I just started lifting weights, and I'm, I, I remember one teacher came up to me, and she was like, Kyle, kids have been telling me that your parents have been giving you steroids. Is this true? <laughs> I was like, no. Like, my parents don't give me anything. I just been gaining weight somehow. I don't know what the deal is, but yeah, I gained a lot of weight in middle school. That's awesome. That's hilarious. Kids coming up asking you if you use steroids. That's usually a sign you're doing something right, right? Yeah. But uh, so um, let's talk a bit about what you guys liked about wrestling early on. And, you know, Terrell, you seem to like, you know, you mentioned the workouts, but what drew you to the sport other than the workouts, like as you started to actually enjoy wrestling? Yeah, I'm even, I'm even kind of interested in hearing about, like, your mental philosophies. Like, were there things that your parents instilled in you in terms of, like, the hard work and things like that? You know, like, I mean, obviously, you get into wrestling, you're like, man, especially if you're just trying to cultivate mass, you're like, this is hard to just get big. Like, so, were there things about just pushing yourself every day that maybe your parents instilled in you, or did you just find a love for that on your own? Um, yeah, I don't know. My parents didn't instill much of that in me, I don't think. I mean, maybe subconsciously, but, like, they never really, I mean, even for a while, they were like, you know, don't. Like, you don't need to do that. Like, let's get out of that kind of thing. So, like, my mom was worried, and my dad, like, thought it was weird. It's like, she's like, it's going to turn you gay. <laughs> oh, my God. So I'm like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> good support group behind you. Right? So, um, but, yeah, I mean, it was, it, for me, the thing was, like, it, it was the creativity of it. I, I've always been, like, kind of, like, pretty 
obsessive about like learning things. So even when I was a kid, like, even when I wasn't like doing structured things, I was always like a jack of all trades. So like I, I excelled like in PE because I could do everything. I could pick up things pretty quick and you know, every four weeks we changed sports. And so like I could, you know, be pretty quick on the, on the draw there. And then I had a lot of things at home that I would just try to like perfect um, from one thing to another. So uh, wrestling was kind of like an all-encompassing thing that I could kind of pour my efforts into because anyone that's ever done it knows it's, it's hard to master. It's hard to perfect. So you always have something to work on. You always have something else. You always, whether it's your mind, whether it's tech, technique, tactics, whether it's, um, you know, another physical ailment that you're trying to, you know, work on. It's, it's all, it's all right there. And it's, it's kind of all encompassing, you know, figure out the problem. So that kind of gripped my attention, you know, cause I'm, I just like learning. And so it was one of those sports that was like, okay, good, good luck. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> go figure it out. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Kyle, what, tell us a little bit about what drew you to wrestling. I think, you know, your family had some involvement in wrestling, yeah. like you said, but what did you like about the sport early on, and uh, what led you to keep pursuing it? Early on, I think I just liked the winning. That was, like, my favorite part about it, because I had, I, was, I had success, you know, in, in my age group and stuff like that, because I was bigger, and I kind of knew how to wrestle a little, so I had success, like, as I was growing up, and uh, so that was kind of just my favorite part about it, and practices were okay. But really, I just like competing <clears throat> and winning. And if I didn't win, then I wouldn't be happy, you know. But my parents, my parents would always tell me, my dad would always tell me, like, I just want you to try as hard as you can and learn as much as you can. But to me, he would say that to me, and then my mom would say, he just wants me to win. Like, But that's not what he was <laughs> saying at all. You know, I never heard him tell me that before. I never, sa- I never heard him say once, like, Kyle, I want you to win this match. It was never that. It was more based on effort, but for some reason, it was like when I, and he would never get mad at me for losing, but he would get mad at me for not, because he knew I had more in myself. And then, you know, came to Ohio State, and uh, with talking with Travell and learning more, and at that point, when I came to Ohio State, like, I, I really did love wrestling. It was something that I love to do. I love practicing. I like doing extra workouts. I like lifting because I knew it would make me a better wrestler. But it was still just so that I could win. You know, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't motivated by, um, you know, I, st- I like learning new position, but that wasn't the reason why I was wrestling. It was because I wanted to win. But now, uh, more motivated by just learning new positions, improving, and things that you can actually control rather than uh, accolades and trophies and stuff like that because you never know. You never know if you're going to get them in reality. You can say you might, but you don't really know. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a competition. Mm-hmm. So, Did you ever stop to think why winning fed you so much? Was it ever like a philosophical thing where you thought, like, why does this give me so much satisfaction? Because I think some people, maybe they win because they feel like they're I don't know, it, it, it dignifies their hard work, or whatever it may be. You know, there's always some reason. It's not just, like, the winning the trophy that usually matters. There's a reason behind it. Did you ever think about that, or was it just like, hey, this, this is pretty cool. People seem to cheer me on when I get my hand raised, and I should probably keep doing this. Yeah. I don't think I ever thought about it in, like, a philosophical way, but, I mean, I liked, 
I like when people are like, dang, Kyle's really good at wrestling. He wins a lot. Yeah. I like when people would say that. Even though I would never say that I liked it, and I would never, uh, you know, tell people that I'm really good. But internally, it was something that I liked. Mm-hmm. But now, and it's still hard for me now, but now I try to care less about what people say. If they think I'm going to win, think I'm going to lose, think this person's better than me, that person's worse than me. I try to just contain my emotions, and uh, when, when you're thinking the right way... It's easier to do that, but still a daily process. Mm-hmm. And this is a perspective I love that I've heard from Deval a lot, and as you've been here, you've kind of grown into it too, but it's that wrestling, to find out how good you are at wrestling, not to win, and to love the sport, and wrestling to focus on the sport. And Deval, can you talk a little bit about how you, I mean, and this is getting a little ahead of ourselves, but how you started to build that mindset of, hey, I just want to be the best wrestler I can be. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very introspective, and I I'm very aware, self-aware of my own motivations, and a sport like wrestling, just like Kyle said, I mean, I'm, I'm I was no different. You know, I I started I didn't have the success he had early, but I had success, notable success early. You know, my first year I placed at state. You know, I wasn't like one of the top recruits or anything, but like for for how early I had started, or, or late I had started. I had relatively quick success just in my in my bubble. So yeah, I mean, everyone's equipped with those thoughts. Everyone's equipped with the I, you know, I want you to think I'm better than this guy or better than that person. As long as, as long as the more people I can be called better than, I like it more. The more glory I can accrue, the more people approval I can accrue, and that's what that's what like winnings, winnings really sexy because, it you know. The nature of a person is, okay, as long as I'm better than that guy, I feel better about myself. And then when someone walks in the room that's better than you, you're back under him, right? So um, my a lot of it's introspection, understanding what's really motivating me, and I kind of didn't like it. I didn't like how much anxiety I was experiencing in the sport. I didn't like how much I liked the sport when there was nothing on the line and how much I was afraid of it when there was something on the line. And so, you know, being a Christian kind of using, you know, the Bible as my, as my benchmark, I started to try to figure out like, you know, the, the, the connection between, okay, so we have this, this nature that desires certain pleasures, certain things that, that appeal to it. What's the other operation? Like, like, can, can someone compete for the, so the pure, I think the purest form of motivation is love what you're doing the second you're doing it. So every second you're doing it, you love it for, for what you're doing in that moment. Not for what it can get you, not for what it can make you look like, not for future glory, not for anything, not for legacies, just the purest form of motivation is that. And so I was trying to figure out the kind of way, the kind of person that, that basically has, you know, what it, what it takes internally to live that life. And so it's just been a lot of self-analysis and what's been interesting is I've come to the realization that if I've thought it you've thought it you know as an athlete and a lot of times as, as just as an individual I mean if, if, if I've struggled with it and you know if, if glory and accolades and winning and 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 blah 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 blah, blah and, and Twitter followers and and message boards have have seeped into my mind and get, get a reaction out of me then they have you too so that's kind of what I you know that's my communication and 
trying to spin the thoughts into controllables. Like Kyle said, it's, you know, all those things that I just listed off that are natural tendencies have one thing in common. We have no control over any of them. But when you start to focus on the things you can actually control, then you have a, you give your, your mind something to grab onto. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what has been the process. And there's, there's a whole lot to it, but it's, it's a lot more fun trying to figure out if you're the best than hoping you're the best and just getting stressed out about it. Yeah, I think from an outside perspective, and maybe, I mean, there's a lot of, um, like, thoughts and, and different things you can take away from that, what you just said, but from an outside perspective, you see people, like me and Michael, see people like you and Kyle and think, like, man, there's no way that, like, Twitter boards or followers matter to them, and you just think, like, and then hearing somebody that says and think, like, that thought actually does come into their head, and realizing that everybody kind of has these selfish desires deep down, but then, you know, you kind of try to fight them and try to think there's a bigger picture, and you try to keep that in mind at all times, but I think that you know, everybody thinks that maybe the people at the top don't deal with those battles and those emotions. So it's kind of cool to hear that that actually does happen. And, and then Kyle's like, I don't even know how many Instagram followers I have, but, you know, I gained 60 pounds in sixth grade, so I'm still winning them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so kind of let's jump back to college and talk about, so from high school when you were just kind of doing it because you're doing it, but then you were having success, and then why you decided to go to a Division two school, why you chose that school, and then was that the point that you kind of transitioned and matured into saying, like, okay, now I just want to become the best of the sport? And did something change at that point? Well, to, to preface motivation, let's, let's first realize that absolutely talent exists. And so I was blessed with talent. So definitely there's some things that I have that help my success. It wasn't just me choosing to win. So absolutely there's – you can put – someone in my circumstances with my coaches and my training and, and, and determination and and they might not do as well or they might do better. So talent absolutely exists. And I had a lot of things going for me. I was athletic. I, you know, I had body control um, for, you know, for whatever reason, that's, you know, things I was, I was born with God given. But <clears throat> so I had, you know, early success in, as I got better, as I honed in, I got more confident but in college, um, one, I chose a Division two school because I got fourth and third in, in high school and wasn't a big recruit. And so my grades waived my out-of-state tuition. It was a relatively cheap school. Um, they had done well. I had coaching connections. My assistant coach was the brother, the head coach there. And so kind of it just made sense. And I went there, and, and yeah, about, you know, I started having success. I started beating D1 guys halfway through my college career. I started competing at a higher level, but... That was not when the mentality, that was when my mentality was absolutely breaking me because I was, I, all this, the desire for control of my outcome had taken such an obsession over me that I had mad, mad OCD. So I had all these like little ticks. I was touching doorknobs seven times. I was counting my steps in sevens and threes. I was, you know, putting my, I was putting my shoes a certain way. I was, you know, I had to get ready. I had to warm up. I had to do everything perfectly to mimic control over my outcomes, right? So it's like deep down I knew I had no control whether I was going to definitely win or lose. So the more of these little compulsions I could manifest and win, so like if I touch this doorknob seven times, I'll win. I'll do it. Okay, that's one battle down. It did nothing in real life, but in my head it was like, okay, I'm closer to winning, right? So I make all these things up, and I was just, it was just wearing me out. And by my senior year, I remember I didn't want to warm up for the Nationals because I had so many things I had to do in my warm-up that I was always the last one out there and I exhaust myself. I just remember thinking like, I don't think I'm going to warm up. So, but again, um, I'll, like, well, like you said, you, it's, it's, it's hard to see 
you know, people that are winning, thinking, struggling with certain thoughts because they never talk about it. Well, the same way, it's like my talent definitely, um, you know, skirted some things under the rug uh, as far as like mentality and motivation. You know, super good opening door handles at that point. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) For sure. And both sides, you know, if I... If I open, I'd keep track of what side. I'd open one with my right, next door opened with my left. I'd keep, you know, so it was all kinds of <laughs> bizarre stuff. But, yeah. I'm a dextrous. He's an ambidextrous door opener. I was a beast. Um, That's the biggest <laughs> So, yeah, um, that was kind of, but it, it hasn't been until the last couple of years that, I mean, I started fading some of those stuff out, but over the last two years probably has been, a, I've been a real, you know, big shift mentally, but at least, at least what to do with it. I mean, I've, I've realized my deficiencies for a long time. I've just haven't known what to do with it, and I just, just keep winning. Like okay, you know, sometimes winning is, is the wrong reinforcement, but I mean it's the one we like. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the story of, of all that for me. And I think like, you never really hear about. I don't think I don't think, some people think the way, like similar to the way uh, develop things, and I think. But I don't think you hear it as much with the people at the top because they've been told their whole life, like, if you think, like, if you don't feel good, bull crap. Say you feel good and go out there and wrestle, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, at camp especially, like, Tavelle will talk to some of these guys who have had lots of success, NCAA champs and, like, world team members and stuff. And it'll be like, like, man, I had this crazy thought before I wrestled. Like, I thought I was going to lose. And they would be like, no, I never thought I was going to lose before I wrestled. It's like... Really? That thought's popping to my head, too. It's like, it's like almost like they're... And some of them will be honest and like, be like, yeah, man. And then you can kind of open up about it. But some of them have just been... Some people have just been brainwashed to the point... Brainwashed, or I don't know what it is, to the point where, like, maybe they're scared to say, like, how they truly feel. But it actually helps a lot if you, if you can just be honest with yourself and talk to somebody else that, you know, cares about you and will help you through it. So maybe that's why you don't see it as much, because I'm sure even the greatest superstars in the world have had thoughts that you would wouldn't believe. We always say like, too, if you were to put our thoughts on a whiteboard, like <laughs> before we wrestle, like if you were to put my thoughts on a whiteboard, my opponent would be like, "I'm gonna beat the crap out of this guy," because <laughs> our thoughts are like all over the place. It is. It's madness. But but that's what the culture of well, I think it's American sports and maybe just life, but. I see it more in American sports culture and definitely in wrestling is honesty is weakness. You ready? Heck yeah, coach. Like, all right, well, you've lost to this guy four times. <laughs> it, hasn't, it hasn't been close. Uh, you haven't figured out a way to even score on him, but you're ready, huh? It's like, no, like, you know, like, like for someone to be honest and be like, like, I'm a little bit nervous, you know, like, this is a big deal, you know, even for, for at any, at any rate is, um. Oh, you already lost. How, how dare you say that? You've, oh, there it is. Right? So we've preached honesty as weakness that that's why we, the brainwashing happens, like Kyle said. Mm-hmm. And the, the most common, like, how are you going to do this year? Like, I hope I do well. Like, right. It's like, no, you're going to do well. Yeah. Say, I am going to win. Right. It's like, well, I, don't no, know. I don't know if I will, so I'm not going to say that. But that's like, right. everyone does that. Well, it's like my my freshman year, my first year at Ohio State, I came, I was a walk-on to the team, and I was about to wrestle Logan in the wrestle-offs. I was the only 33-pounder other than Logan. My dad was like, hey, you can do this. Like, how do you, how do you feel? You think you're going to win? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I definitely think I'm going to win. And, like, 
I got I must have got attacked in like a minute and a half or something like that. But I was like, well, I thought you were thought you were ready. I'm like, well, I was ready. Like I was like, I was gonna go try out my hardest. But you know, Logan might be a little bit better than me right now. You know, and it, but like I couldn't tell my dad. Hey, I think I'm probably gonna lose this one. You know. Yeah, I think from, like, I mean, obviously, Mike and I have never been nearly at the level you guys have been at in this sport, but just surrounding ourselves with you guys, surrounding ourselves with people like Tom and Logan and listening to them, just being conscious about the way they think and what they say. And, like, when Tom would talk or when you guys ever talked to me, i try to think, like, why are they saying what they're saying, you know, rather than just listening to the words. And I think there's almost, like, everybody has these fears, even if you're at the top of the field. I mean, they're going to come into your mind. Everybody has these negative thoughts. But I think the people at the top of their field have had enough confidence and their preparation to overcome those. And on top of that, they combine that with talent, you know, because I think there, I think there's definitely different aspects that come into winning in anything. And just having the mindset isn't enough, but if you don't have the mindset, you're not going to get there. So I think maybe that's why it's preached so much because it's like, hey, you got to have this. Well, yeah, you got to, but it's not going to, it's not going to go out there and help you tech Logan. Trust me. Like, when I wrestled him off, too, I was convinced. I was like, I'm at least going to touch his legs. <laughs> I'm like, I walked off. I'm like, did I get his leg, though? Like, at any point when he was teching me, did I touch it? Because it was tough out there. But, yeah, I, th- I think maybe that's the point of it. But I think that's, I mean, that's pretty cool to hear that insight and to kind of break it down analytically and kind of hear about the different tiers of how you guys think. Um, but so, you, Kyle, you made it to Ohio State. And then when you were trying to pick your colleges coming out of high school, did you – Evaluate anywhere else, and what were kind of the deciding factors that brought you to Columbus and brought you around these guys? Yeah, I looked at, uh, took a visit to West Point, Penn State, Virginia Tech, Maryland, and uh, that was it. So I visited all those schools. I visited Ohio State, and at first, Virginia Tech was my favorite school because I've just been out there a lot and trained with their guys and worked with their coaches. So I was really comfortable with them, and I had improved a lot while I was there. But then Coach Ryan contacted me, and I was able to come visit Ohio State. And I think the biggest thing that brought me here was the Regional Training Center. That was huge. At the time, we had Terrell, J.D. Bergman, Keith Gavin, and Mike Basillo were all here, all heavyweight guys, plus Angel Escobedo and Reese Humphrey and um, Logan. So, you know, we had a lot of guys who... We're doing really well in the sport. A lot of guys that I could wrestle with and uh, that I know knew would help me grow, become a better wrestler. And um, then, you know, talking to the coaches, I liked all the coaches. They believed in me and I believed in them, found trust in that, uh, that belief we had in each other. And then I liked the team, got around Nate and Bo and made a lot of friends and I think after my second visit, I visited once, and then I came back for another unofficial visit, and then after that, just decided that I wanted to come here. Mm-hmm. And how much of it was growing talently, and that's probably not a word, but and then growing <laughs> like physically and mentally? Because I think what I think is really cool about everybody that's a, in this program, especially at the top of Ohio State's program in our Olympic Training Center, is I feel like they all kind of share a similar mindset, and it's very like... I feel like I could walk in the room with any of you guys, and although I would, I'd feel like a really high level of confidence in who you are and, and like believing in yourself. I don't think I could sit down and be like, "Wow, like, dude's a world champ at twenty, or this guy's an Olympian," or like you know, because you guys are very humble and you're very down to earth and understand that, and then you're very much into your faith and all those different aspects. Very well run individuals. So like, was a large part of it that, or were you not as focused on that at the time, or did that kind of draw you here? Oh yeah, I like that about the guys. 
yeah, I mean, you just get to know the people who are here. I mean, I, I don't I didn't know them that well, but after I committed, I started to get to know everybody better and started liking people even more. But um, he didn't like you very much at first. <laughs> well, bad first there. impressions. Yeah. He's like, that dude opened the door fourteen times. I only walked out once. No, yeah. I mean, when you're visiting schools, you don't really get to know people, all of everybody, but you kind of get a picture of what it's going to be like, and if you like it, then it's, I liked it here, and that's why mm-hmm. I committed. Yeah. And do you feel like Tom had a different level of belief in you than everybody else? Like, did when Tom sat down with you, did he say, like, hey, you know, I think that you know you can make the Olympics for 2016? Did he, did he have that level of... Because I'm sure everybody kind of believed in you from your success in high school, but was there a different level of belief? Um, I don't know if there was a different level of belief. I think when you're getting recruited, it's kind of like I could have told them that I want to, I'm going to fly by the time I leave here. And they'd be like, oh, yes, you are, Snyder. I'm going to get you to fly. Like, coaches will tell you anything you want to hear. So, and co- Tom Ryan, I mean, he's a good recruiter, so he'll do the same thing. But, yeah, I think he believed in me and thought – thought I was a good wrestler, so he wanted me to come, and uh, still a lot of uh, training and things I needed to improve on, technique, and a lot of different things, but yeah, I think he believed in me, and wanted me to come wrestle for him. Yeah, well, do the country a favor, don't jump off the top of the building <laughs> in the next uh, yeah. two months. <laughs> Try to fly. Yeah, I believe in you, but I don't think you got that down yet. No, so. but uh, hey, so one question I want to ask, after your freshman year, you had, you had a really strong freshman season, but lost in the finals. And I think that match kind of shaped a lot of what happened after. So talk about, you know, how has that match shaped your personality and your mindset now? And how have you been better since that match? I think that that NCAA, the 2015 NCAAs, I still hadn't, like, fully bought into uh, thinking the way that I do now because I was just so focused on being, like, a four-time national champ. Like, I remember... I my lost my first match at the Vegas Cliff Keen tournament, and when I sat down, like my first thought was like, okay, I can't be undefeated, but I can be a four-time champ. Like that was that was like what calmed me down after the match because I wanted to be you know undefeated, four-time national champ, beat everybody, kill everybody, and then leave college, be done with that. But um, yeah, I think the match. I mean, it hurt at the time. Now it's easy to talk about. It doesn't really affect me too much at all. Uh, kind of moved past it. But I think, yeah, it helped me. The, the one thing that match helped me a lot with was fully buying into, uh, you know, what Terrell told me and the, his way of thinking. And uh, I'm More, still... What exactly was that? Just, just the valuing improvement in your effort rather than winning. Um... So I would just hold on a lot, you know. I would just do anything that I could do. So if I knew I was going to kill somebody, then the match would be pretty exciting because I would shoot a lot and I would get to the legs and I would do stuff, take risks. But if the match was going to be close, then I was just going to get one takedown and pull on their head because I would win that way. And uh, now, even even though the hopefully the wrestling looks different to people who watch it, but... To me, at least in my mind, I'm still I'm working towards a goal of the way I want to wrestle, and 
just making little improvements, like just taking taking a shot from space. I normally would never do that, but trying to do that more now. And sometimes I do it well in matches, and sometimes I don't wrestle as freely in matches and get back into my old ways, but at least now I can kind of know why I, I can fix it myself right after, you know, I can be like, okay, I, I need to take more risks, and uh, I need to stop worrying about what's going to happen if I shoot and just shoot and then go in there and wrestle because I've been in those positions in practice and I believe in myself and wrestling is what I like to do, so I should go out there and wrestle. I shouldn't just hold on and figure out ways to win. But, yeah, I think that's what the match helped me with the most. And uh, who knows? I mean, who knows what would have happened if I won that match, but I guess it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's that mindset. I love that mindset, and it's one that I try and apply to my life now. You know, after being around both of you for so long, I try and apply it to every, you know, everyone. I think that if our listeners are out there, and they're like, well, how can, like, how does that mindset help me? This is mindset of elite-level wrestlers, elite athletes, like, I'm not an elite athlete. Is there any way, Terrell and Kyle, that someone who's having, you know, maybe they work a day job and they're working in sales or something like that, how do they apply that mindset to their lives? Um, I mean, yeah, I would just say step one is step one is honesty, uh, fully, at least with yourself, if not with other people, at least with yourself on why you're doing what you're doing, you know? So a lot of people don't like what they do because they say this is where I want to be but actually they just have a pretty good paycheck and so but they didn't want to say that because I'm not just working for the money no way this is what I love right and then they sit behind a desk and hate it so like motivational honesty is the first thing to uncovering like do you like what you do do you enjoy it and then restructuring your values you know once you once you know what you're about anyone can say what they want to be about but it's, it's, it's a hidden in a way that, well, you think you're operating like that right now. But until you're absolutely honest with yourself and you delve down and be a little introspective about your motivations, you think like, yeah, I do it because I love it, because, it, you know, I'm helping people, because you, all these altruistic values where, you know, there's a good chance if you've never done any, any mental, you know, like any, any me- hard mental decisions that you fight for, there's a good chance your defaults aren't altruistic. You're, usually the person's defaults are pretty petty, but we don't like that about ourselves, so we kind of try to skirt that. So the, the more you can, the more the ugliness of the, the natural person um, scares you and you try to hide it, I think the worse off you're going to be. The more, the more it challenges you to see like, man, my, I'm not as pure as I thought I was. Let's change things. That's where it starts, right? And that's where kind of the unshakable attitude begins is where, okay, so... I'm, I'm not going to value what people say about me as much. You know, on the good end or the bad end. When they give me praise, I'm going to stay humble. When they, when they try to beat me down, I'm going to stay confident, right? But that's, that's the, the attitude. And then <clears throat> you find yourself seeing, like, everyday little moments as places where you can improve. You know, I mean, like, a big part of my athletic philosophy is tested. My mental fortitude is tested with my, my boys. I mean, you know, like, I'm... I think I'm this great dad until I come home from a practice and I'm, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm still dehydrated. I want food and they're all over me. And I just want to be like, don't touch me. Right. You know, <laughs> so, so I mean, if I'm being honest, you know, but so, so things like that where you're like, 
You have about a five second window to make the right decision, and then you're either grumpy or you're you know or you're fine. You know, I can, there's a five second gap where there where it's like, they just missed me, love them back, make the decision. You know, you're uncomfortable. You've been uncomfortable. Do it. Or the other way is, feel entitled. Like I have been at practice twice today. You guys have played all day. You can hold off. You can hold off on that, right? So, so it's like it's those little moments. Those little moments where it becomes life, right? It's you. You. You're honest with the person you are. You decide the person you want to be. In every moment that's tested, you fight for it. Yeah, I think that's what's awesome about the sport of wrestling is that even though you know I never achieved near what I wanted to in the sport, it took me and it helped me teach me. Like, when you go into really deep waters, I think, as Tom likes to say, and, and lack of a better analogy, you you get a really good sense of self-awareness, like what your flaws are and what your strengths are. And then I think wrestling helps you develop a self-confidence to say that, okay, I can admit these to myself and still overcome them. And it's not, I'm not perfect, you know, and I, and I think your guys' faith, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, helps you with that as well to admit, that, okay, well, I'm going to have flaws, I'm not going to be perfect, but I have the self-confidence to realize I can overcome them and I can and keep moving forward. And then just in terms of your passion for the sport and realizing I'm just going to constantly improve, I think those are the biggest key takeaways that I just took from, from what you guys were saying. But um, kind of what I want to talk about and jump in with Travel talking about a little bit about your journey, trying to make the Olympic team over the last several years, and then kind of evolved that into when Kyle got here and how you guys have kind of grown off each other and how the relationship has begun to prosper. Yeah, when I got here, uh, actually the first year I couldn't even work out with the team because... Uh, the NCAA hadn't passed, you know, I was, I was an alumni, and so I couldn't work, I had to do my own practices, it was kind of weird, but then, um, yeah, I've, I've been here for a while, I've been the last seven years, so it was, it was, <clears throat> I mean, like I said, my mindset was uh, different at the time, and so, uh, you know, the way I operated was different, and so a lot of it was just, you know, reiterating to myself that I'm the man, reiterating to myself that I'm going to do the things I want to do, reiterating to myself that... You know, like, you know, leaving practice, you know, make sure like nothing went wrong, everything went right. That's a good practice. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, and then, you know, for years, then when Kyle got here, it was kind of when, interestingly enough, uh, was when I started having like some health issues, you know, with my back. And so I've been kind of in and out. Yeah, you just pull on my head so hard. Just <laughs> gave me a back spirit. No, but just a lot of a lot of my weird quirks, you know, manifested in like I got to be the hardest worker. I got to do more. I got to do it. And if you're uncomfortable, even do more because that means you weren't as strong as you were. So just do more even when you're uncomfortable. So it just got super bad to the point where I just kind of dog myself down. But yeah, since then, it's been a lot of a. Uh, I spent I spent quite a bit of time off the mat, so like jumping from spectator back into athlete, back out to spectator, back into athlete with injuries, creates this weird um, weird dichotomy in your head where you realize pressure makes you rationalize some crazy thoughts, and so so when you're out of pressure, man, I I can tell you how to be the perfect wrestler. But when you're back into pressure, you go, man, I choose against a lot of the right things because for whatever reason, I, it's hard. So he, um, so, so for lack of a better word, he's he, like, Kyle's been like my guinea pig. Like I've been like, I've been like thinking up, like trying to like find like verbal cues to like figure stuff out. And then every time I like think something, we have like a conversation about it. And then he like gives his spiel like on his end. And he's been like, 
because of my circumstances, it's like been hard for me to apply a ton of the stuff that I have as far as like workload and, and just, I mean, the desire is there, but it's like, I want to shoot 15 times realistically for me. It, that's hard to do, you know? So, but it's been interesting to see like, so I just like, I, I've, I've like, from the beginning, he's always like, he, I've always like given him a hard time with stuff because he had like some superstitions he brought in and stuff like that. And so I'd always kind of like, you know, challenge him to things that I knew were hard for him. You know, like one was the cold tub. I'd be like, hey, if you get out before me, you're never, you're going to win the nationals, you know? <laughs> and so like, I knew there was no way he was going to stay in here longer than me. So he'd have to get out. And then I'd be like, do you think you're not, do you, do you think you're not going to win the nationals now? You know, and he's like, no, but he was like, you know, stuff like that would like kind of, kind of work him up. So I don't know. He was like my test subject for a lot of stuff, but, and, and obviously, I mean, a ton of it is his own talent, the, the way he perceives life himself. But, uh, it's, it's been, it's been cool to see him kind of like take the challenge and like overcome some stuff. So it's been, it's been interesting. One of my favorite Terrell and Kyle conversations, actually, we were sitting here getting ready for practice and. You guys are talking about how long you could stand on the wall and just watch practice. And Kyle was absolutely confident he could stand there for four hours until I was like, there's no way. You'll never do it. All right, fine. I'm standing here. And he just stood there. It must have been, it may have been only 10 or 15 minutes, but uh, he didn't actually take the challenge. Easiest 10 or 15 minutes of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Could have done it. Could have done it. You're confident? Well, maybe after this, we'll go have Kyle stand on the wall and just hang out. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of talk about that whole that whole uh, era there from your perspective. Then you was there anything as he was saying that kind of you were, thoughts that came to your head? Oh, uh, just I was just learning a lot. You know, it was uh, like I wanted to learn. Like even in, in early in my freshman year, uh, like I wanted to learn more about the way Terrell was thinking about things. But it was just really hard for me to apply them because I just created such strong habits, I guess, in my mind of how I was going to think, and it was really hard for me to break those, but I was still learning a lot, and it was kind of just like setting it all up till, till eventually it clicked, and I, I was able to understand it, and it's something that, like, you fight every day with it, you know, every day, uh, there's like little battles, like Terrell said, where you can make the right choice and the, or the or the wrong choice, and um, yeah, just a lot of learning, a lot of growth. Did being around him kind of give you a level of confidence to realize that you could have competed that level, or did you always feel like you know the Olympics is something that I could be at? Oh, it helped definitely. Him and wrestling Terrell and JD, because especially JD, he had a, like a lot of success in my weight class. So uh, when I knew when I was wrestling well with him that. I would also, you know, be able to wrestle pretty well at my weight class. And then, yeah, training with Terrell. I love wrestling with Terrell. Ours. Mm-hmm. We go really hard when we go live. And uh, I get a lot out of it. And from sparring and drilling, too, he's uh, my favorite partner. So, um, yeah. Let's jump into talking about the, you know, the upcoming Olympics in Rio and what you guys are doing to get prepared. I mean, it's in less than 50 days, right? So, um, you guys excited? How you feeling? And um, any concerns about, you know, the situation in Brazil or, you know, Zika virus, that sort of thing? Um, He's ahead. like, I don't care about the Zika virus. <laughs> I don't care about the Zika virus. <laughs> People always ask me that, yeah. Yeah. I don't care about the Zika virus. <laughs> uh, 
Especially because I heard it's only in your system for six months. Is that right? You could sit on the wall for six months. <laughs> for six months. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. For some reason, I just don't care about the Zika virus. I don't know why. You got to be honest with yourself. You can't out-tough this one. This <laughs> Hopefully, I don't get it, but yeah, I'll go to the... I said, mm-hmm. I'll go to the Olympics if there's a zombie apocalypse down there. <laughs> Just if the you have to wrestle the Zika virus in the finals, <laughs> you're still going. Yeah. So, I mean, um, no, I don't feel too worried or stressed out about anything right now. Just things seem pretty normal. Just training. Uh, it is crazy. I, like, I saw on Twitter, 50 days away, and had that, like, 100-day away event. And that felt like a blink of an eye ago. So it's crazy how fast time moves and things come up. Is any of it surreal for you? Do you think it'll hit you in your day or has it already hit you? Or you just kind of, I mean, you just, you've always been mentally prepared that you're going to compete at this level. So it's just go time. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem too surreal yet because everything's still hard, you know, practice is still hard and training's hard and waking up is hard when I want to sleep in and <laughs> stuff like that. So it doesn't seem, it just seems, it seems normal. It seems like uh, things I've been doing for for a long time, two days and stuff like that. But yeah, the training and all that. I don't think I start, I'll, I won't, I don't really feel stressed out or uh, anything like that until kind of we get closer to competition and that's when those negative thoughts start creeping in my mind and they creep in my mind every once in a while now just not as much as they do as I get closer and that's when I really have to start fighting them do you just deal with them through faith or do you just deal with them through confidence in your training or is it talking Um, to somebody about them I think it's just yeah my belief system the way that I think about the sport now I can recognize right from wrong you know and thoughts in my head and actually have a have a, a way of throwing them out, you know, like pushing them out of my head and putting the right thought inside. And uh, I think I kind of just reprogram myself to value the wrestling, you know, just I want to, I want to wrestle a certain way. I don't, like, I, I don't want to win the Olympics. I want to wrestle the way that I know I can wrestle and put out the amount of effort and wrestle the match that's kind of in my head. And if that doesn't win me the Olympics, then dang, I'll have to get better. Like I'll have to be able to wrestle better next time. But I mean, obviously I can't even say that. I wanted to say, obviously I hope I win the Olympics, but that's not what I want to do. Right. So there's another, I mean, I, I believe in myself, but I just want to wrestle as hard as I can. Yeah, so there's a desire there where obviously that's the ultimate goal. I mean, it's it's why you're going to do it, but at the same time, it's like you know that if you compete to the level you're capable of, it's going to work out and things are going to happen for you, and you just hope that you compete at that level almost. And it, well, one thing we, we like kind of just one like verbal cue we kind of use when we talk about like achievement, because obviously, don't get me wrong, winning's always a motivator. That's just the one you don't have to pump up. So it's like to, to ask someone, like, do you want to win is like, Duh. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> like, so, 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 like, that's the one, like, hey, go win. Like, how many times has, that, has someone been like, go win? Like, Thanks. That really helped me. Yeah, yeah. That really, helped, really like, like, that. like, hey, win the Nationals. Okay. Right. All right? So, so now I'm closer to that? No, right? So, so what, we, what we like to say is, 
I don't want to be, you know, like the Olympic champ. I don't want to be the world champion. Like, I mean, like, I, I, I want to be the best wrestler in the world. So that production of outcome will most likely get me the medal. But that's what we're shooting for is like be the best wrestler in the bracket that day and every match, every position, be the best. And then if that's the case, if that's if that's what you can cultivate, you'll get the medal that you earn. But it's not about like trying to figure out a formula, you know, to, to get the gold medal by, you know, any means like the meat. It's not any means possible. It's the best wrestling right. production. Right. And how is this experience different for you? Because, I mean, obviously you've competed in world championships and, I mean, you've had a journey to get here. Have all those leading up to this, because your first Olympic team, been like, you know, I'm ready to go? Like, That's I mean, it. Or second you, Olympic team? You competed in London in 2012. Okay, second Olympic team, yeah. yeah. And um, so what, what is your mindset like going into your second Olympics, and how is that different, do you think, from your first one? Um, well, right now, like... I do have some 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 different stressors because well for the last three weeks I haven't wrestled so like you know so having some back issues I don't think it's bad I think I'll be able to step out on the mat and, and perform but you know it's still like kind of lingers in your head where it's like man you're watching all these people work and you're not working the way that you want to be so those kind of things you know having a fight with right now but that's uh you know that's you know that's comes along with the territory and you know that's my situation but as far as the experience you know the biggest regret I have from London is have you, have you guys ever seen the movie Inside Out with the the, the Pixar one with the, with the emotions oh, yep, yep. okay so 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 how that how that movie depicts memories is like you have an emotion tied to the memory right and so the, so when you remember something you remember it with the emotion that you tied to it right so that's exactly how I how like it fits the mold of like my biggest regret for London is I had a really good string of of tournaments and I was you know I was thinking the right way and for what I thought at the moment and I was getting a lot out of myself but somewhere along the way winning sneaked back in where it was like you know like I was doing a lot of things well I was wrestling well so I did a lot of winning and along the way somewhere that I didn't notice I was like, man, I really like this winning thing. Let's keep this up. This is really important. And so I got to the Olympics, and not only did I, didn't, did I not win, I didn't medal. And so when I didn't medal, it really crushed me. And so, like, obviously wrestling was tied into my identity pretty, pretty heavily. And so I just had super negative emotions about it. And so, like, I mean, it was such a cool experience to be an Olympian and – when I think back on it, it's just all negative. And it just makes me... So that's like my biggest regret. And that's one of the reasons why I try to think the way I do because sports don't really offer athletes too much other than if you did what the things you wanted to do, then you can go out and be better than people because you're the winner. And if you didn't do the things you wanted to do, well, you're a failure and you're below people, right? So, I mean, it's, it's very difficult to like... You know, anytime you walk back into the niche, right? So even like for someone that wasn't successful in wrestling, they could be successful in business, but come back into the wrestling world and feel like, oh, these guys have accolades. I don't. And vice versa. You can have a guy who just totally has a ruined life, but was a four-time world champion that walks back into wrestling room and thinks he's the man and puts himself above people. So 
I think the only way to get yourself out of that mold is to love what you're doing the moment you're doing it and not let it infiltrate your identity, you know, for better or for worse. And so I let that happen. Um, that's a big regret. And so this time around, you know, obviously I've had some, some injuries and some yada, yada, whatnot, you know, just my, my own battles to fight. But I've kind of promised myself I'm going to try to produce the most I can out of myself, wrestle the matches that I as close to the, the perfect match in my head as I can, but that being said, no, no matter what, I'm going to, in that five seconds of get mad or get either way, I'm going to, I'm going to choose the right way to think. If I, if I do win, then I'm, I'm going to, rem I'm, I'm not going to remember the Olympics because I'm a winner. I'm not going to wear my medal around for the next 20 years. You know, I'm going to move on with my life and I'm going to enjoy the re relationships I've built and the teammates and I'm going to start hopefully coaching and and keep trying to figure out the sport and if I don't medal I'm going to choose to remember the Rio Olympics in a better light than the London ones for me right and one last thing I want to talk about before we kind of wrap things up and I believe this is what I heard you say in an interview that you almost didn't compete in the trials because of injuries is that correct mm -hmm. and then once you decided to and then you won kind of were there any thoughts going through your head like man what if I wouldn't have gone forward with that or what if I wouldn't have done it I mean, yeah, there was, it's just been so long since I felt 100% that it was almost like half injury, half just frustration of like, am I going to, is this wrestling for me? You know, like, am I just going to have to keep dealing with this? Like, I didn't sign up to pain, to be a pain manager. I signed up to be a wrestler, you know, so it just stinks that it's always like in the back of my head. But, and obviously like winning gives you an influx of of emotions right so it's like like all this feedback like yes i got i got you know like i'm back baby but then three days later when my back hurts again it's like Frick. you know so it's back to real life so it kind of slaps you in the face so i mean again like i said i'm trying to last year i had to pull out of the world and everyone's message to me was all year was oh by the open it's not gonna hurt well it's still hurt at the open oh by the trial it's definitely not gonna hurt well i squeaked on the team well, by the world, there's no way, there's no way you got on the team and just to, you know, not do it. You're going to, it's going to be this glorious, epic story of, of you going to the worlds and, and you're going to show that injury who's boss. And then it was like, no, actually you need back surgery and you need to pull out, you know? So it's like the opposite. So it's like, and again, it kind of mixes, you know, my, my faith plays a big part in how I believe things go for me. But again, it's just difficult to trust the Lord when... You know, you, you, you kind of brainwash yourself to think like, okay, I know what's going to happen when we don't. So what I'm trying to do, again, either way, when I feel really good, I naturally want to be like, I'm back, baby. But then like, uh, but then on a bad day, I, like hopelessness sets in, like I'm out, I can't do it. So I'm trying to like remain in the middle, you know, I'm just trying to be like, hey, if I can't wrestle, it's not going to break me, but... As of right now, I'm planning on wrestling. I'm planning on doing very well. And I'm going to do everything I can to do that. But we'll, we'll see. So That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's a great place to kind of wrap things up. I think the final question that we had for both of you guys is just, um, and kind of this is tangent to what we've been talking about the whole episode, I guess, is just what you think about the sport of wrestling as a whole and what you think can help build exposure. Do you guys have any convictions or thoughts on that? I mean, there's always... I think there's always hype around what we can do to grow the sport, but I think maybe 
the different media sources and stuff that are coming out of wrestling now gets talked about a lot more, like maybe make a professional league or things like that, or what levels they think the of the sport can use improvement. Do you guys have any convictions on that? Um, I mean, I'm not really sure. I'm not too involved with any of that stuff. I think, I think attitude like Tavel shares and one where you value the wrestling more, I think that could help at the youth league level. Kids would have more fun, I think. And even when you're younger, not when you're real young, like five, six, seven, I don't think you know the difference. But as you get older, like middle school and stuff like that, I do think you start to get stressed out. So an attitude like this would help people and make this sport a little more attractive because more people would be doing more wrestling. And that's exciting because wrestling can be really exciting if people do a lot. But it also can be extremely boring. So we don't want it to be boring. We, we would like people to wrestle freely and open. But the media stuff I, and the pro wrestling leagues, I just don't know too much about. So Yeah, Any thoughts? yeah I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, obviously there's – it's just hard to – what, you know – I think of we call we call you know certain sports spectator sports, and I, and I think of like football as 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 like the the epitome right. You could fit a hundred thousand people in a stadium at the same time for two hours, and they're all happy to be there, no matter what seat they're in. So it's like, good job football, you know, like like <laughs> like, like way to structure that out, right? So it's like 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 two hours of people's times, relatively, you know. Here's a play, then then chill out for a while. Here's a play, then chill out for a while. It's like, I mean, it's like, I don't know if they were thinking about that when they did it or if they just fell into that or a mix of both, but it was like, wow, what a, what a perfect outline of a spectator sport. And wrestling just isn't that. We have, it can't, it, it's, it would be difficult to have UFC, a UFC type of format with the champ just gets challenged because there's so many good people. You know, like, like we, you want to see, 16 people in a bracket and then they all you know so it's like the premier matches that you think are going to happen might not end up happening and so it's difficult but you know so do you do you do it like golf do you just you know kind of boom boom here's a highlight oh look at the, uh, over here on this mat this guy did this then you flip over to this do you do kind of choppy i mean all those stuff kind of you think about but it's difficult to you know figure out what people will like that's you know you a lot of times what people like you they fall into it, you know, like the, the really popular stuff kind of is, you know, an element of randomness. And so our sport's been around for a while. And, and like Kyle said, I think the biggest thing under our control is one, we can retain athletes and how they view the sport. You know, I mean, a lot of people believe because it's hard, it's, it's, you know, uncomfortable, it's, you know, mean coaches, pressure, you know, one-on-one anxieties, for whatever reason, and then they leave with kind of like hurt feelings, or even people that leave with with good feelings, they have it for you know for the wrong reasons, right? So, I think the production of your outcome, like you said, if you if you can make everyone go nuts out there, it'd be really entertaining for everybody. I mean, I, like even if you don't know, I mean, it's like I I don't know a ton about a lot of sports, but I know that I, I know that the Sports Center top ten highlights. No matter what sport it is, it's going to be sweet because they put the best stuff out there. If you can, like, create someone to go out and throw their best stuff and then the other guy does the same, it, it's entertainment. So, 
Yeah, I don't think there's like, I mean, obviously there's no right or wrong answer to it. Otherwise, we'd solve everything about <laughs> wrestling in one answer. But I think what's interesting for me is when I always ask people that I'm watching wrestling with who have never watched it before, they don't understand like the beauty of it. Or like when you somebody hits a really nice single and like you have wrestled before, like that was awesome. They're like, is that two? Did he get pinned? Like, no, they're, they're both still standing up. That's like, that's impossible. So I think it's, I don't know, I think that's an interesting concept. I don't know how you get that across to people and I don't know how you build, build up. Um, anticipation around like getting to know people as people you know because like when I watch you guys wrestle there's a lot more in it for me than if I watch somebody else wrestle so it's like how do you get people to know the individuals on a, on a better basis which is interesting yeah. but uh, as a total that was awesome it was a super good time I'm glad that we got to have you guys on and uh, you want to kind of wrap things up for yeah, us absolutely so hey uh, Conquerors that was Travel Delagnev and Kyle Snyder and they're two Olympians that train right here in Columbus at the Ohio RTC and uh, also they need help getting their families to Rio, so if you guys go to our webpage and check it out, you can help donate to their families to get them there to watch them compete, and we'd really appreciate it because um, they're our friends, you know, close friends. We train with them, and they need our help, guys, so because go check that, out that link. that'd be great. Because <laughs> that'd be great. Yep, exactly. That's why. Uh, but uh, the links will be in the show notes, and if you like the episode, please rate us on iTunes, and check out all our social media to keep up with everything conquering Columbus. And that's, that's an episode, guys. We'll... Have you tuned in next time? You could drop me anywhere on the planet, in any environment, and I might get, you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, yeah, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus.